The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, an historic day. We now know that uh, thanks to Democrats winning both Senate runoffs in Georgia, uh, Democrats will have 50 50 in the Senate with Joe Biden in the White House, meaning that in any cases of a 50 50 tie in the Senate, the vice president, Kamala Harris, will be allowed to cast the deciding vote uh, in practical terms, giving Democrats control of the Senate. What they will be able to get done, of course, will depend on maintaining all 50 Democratic senators united. And uh, it's almost cliche at this point to say, but much of that will come down to does Joe Manchin, the most conservative of the Democrats in the Senate from West Virginia, does Joe Manchin want to do many of the things that Joe Biden outlined uh, in his presidential platform? Uh, or will Joe Manchin be the thorn in the side of the Democrats? Now, of course, there are other Democrats who in some cases may not want to go with the Biden idea. There are at least theoretically some Republicans who might, you know, the, the prototypical example is that the constituents for Republican Maine Senator Susan Collins may be more to the left of the constituents for Democratic Senator in West Virginia, Joe Manchin. And these are more detail level discussions that we will have in the future. But what we do know uh, is that in terms of the Kelly Leffler incumbent versus challenger Raphael Warnock race, that one was called relatively early last night. Official calls starting around and after midnight. David Wasserman unofficially saying he had seen enough of the data uh, to call it right around. I believe it was 930 p.m. Eastern, maybe 10 p.m. Eastern, something like that. Um, and indeed, uh, that race has been now called officially with Raphael Warnock ahead as of right now with 98 percent reporting by one point two percentage points. The other race is incumbent Senator David Perdue, a corrosive, vile, depraved influence on the U.S. Senate. Um, who couldn't even be at the last rally that Donald Trump held for the Republicans because he was in isolation due to covid exposure. Um, that one has has been called by some and not others, but uh, it is it is over. And officially, as of right now, John Ossoff with 98 percent reporting as of this moment, um, leading by about half a point, roughly 16, 17000 votes. Um, and uh, that one is also one that some have called and some have not. And by the time you listen to today's show, you may see that it has also been called. So consider that under Donald Trump, who won in 2016, Donald Trump himself is ending up as a one term president. And we are just moments now. And maybe by the time you listen to this, it will already be underway. We are moments now from the official counting of the electoral votes. January 6th, the absolute, I think, last date that Trump cultists were saying this is the date where Mike Pence can do something for us. Um, but Trump becoming a one term president, 
Democrats taking the House of Representatives in 2018 and maintaining control in 2020, although with a slightly smaller margin than they than they achieved in 2018. And Democrats also taking the Senate from Republicans in 2020. Back in 2017, the mathematical consensus was pointing to unlikely that Democrats can take the Senate in 2020. But 2022 is certainly a possibility. We now have a situation where Democrats, thanks, of course, to Kamala Harris in the White House, Democrats now will have control 50 percent plus that one tie breaking vote in the Senate in 2020. And the possibility again depends on what you get done, but the possibility of expanding the Senate majority in 2022, although we are very much getting ahead of ourselves. Let's get this new president sworn in first and foremost. Um, I was thinking, by the way, back to remember that uh, debate between Kelly Leffler and challenger Raphael Warnock, where she endlessly, repetitively smeared or attempted to smear him as radical liberal. Remember this radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Well, as I tweeted last night, that's going to have to be modified to be radical liberal Senator Raphael Warnock to you, Ms. Leffler. And of course, He's not really radical. And that was just part of the smear campaign. So in the end, you know, we'll look at exit polls and we already know that perspective on Trump versus Biden heavily influenced people's votes in Georgia. We know that there was some antipathy towards Donald Trump's attempt to steal the election that Joe Biden legally won and legally won quite easily. I, I might add that did not work in Donald Trump's favor and we'll have time to slice and dice the results. But in the immediate, the question for me becomes, listen, politics is not sport for me. Politics is how does this affect people's lives? And unfortunately, there there are many for whom it is merely sport. And that's really a shame. But we have a global hundred year pandemic. We have an eviction crisis. We have high unemployment. We've seen dramatic GDP reductions. We have businesses that are closed for good because of the virus. We've seen growing inequality. And there's this long and climate is is an urgent crisis. So there's this long list here of issues that Joe Biden is going to have dropped on his desk on day one. What can he do via executive order? Uh, what can he do legislatively in the first hundred days? Joe Biden talking yesterday about if we get these seats, then we're looking at two thousand dollar checks. Well, are you and how quickly can you get that done? Is that something we're going to do? I uh, joined up yesterday during our broadcast of the Georgia results with uh, Sam Cedar over at the, and, and Emma over at the uh, majority report. And we talked about um, what is the uh, what is the trajectory here in terms of what's prioritized with regard to the virus? Sam saying, well, Biden should immediately invoke the Defense Production Act and get businesses making millions and millions of doses of the vaccine to accelerate that process, because the sooner we reach herd immunity, the sooner the economy is going to recover and the sooner we can get back to dealing with a whole bunch of other issues. I think that that's something that's going to have to be looked at. But uh, for those who uh, my last thought on this, I want to go to Republican reaction to this 
But my last thought and you know, part of the conversation here we can't have until we actually have that January 6th today um, electoral vote count in the rearview mirror. I think a lot of us will just feel more ready to talk about the first hundred days of this administration and new Senate. But I, I think the cautionary message is all of these are moves in the right direction, but they're small moves. We're just sort of we've gotten the ball back. We're starting to right the ship. Um, as I've said before, the uh, anti-intellectual, anti-science, delusional extremist, authoritarian when we want to be, but otherwise we pretend to be constitutional conservatives that this entire paradigm on the right was built up starting with Ronald Reagan. You could argue it goes back even further to the civil rights movement and, and the sort of reaction to the civil rights movement in the late 50s and 60s. But let's for our purposes today say that the disinformation right that tries to win by lying to people and disenfranchising people. It sort of goes back to the Reagan era with the imaginary welfare queen who was uh, sitting around popping out kids and making money off welfare to get a Cadillac. That that was like the idea. She never existed. OK, this that Trumpism today and the Trump cult really started with that and it took decades to build. And so my only point here and then we'll move on because there's so much to talk about. My only point here is everything that's happened in the last month, two months helps us to start writing the ship. But it would be unreasonable to imagine that a problem that took 40 years to create is going to be solved in two or in four. And as I've said before, the only times that you get radically fast cultural change, because a lot of this comes down to culture, the anti-science culture, the hypocrisy culture of this stuff is all bad unless we want to do it, in which case it's good. That applies to debt, authoritarianism, et cetera, from the right. Um, the only times we see radical changes to that type of culture are when you have a dictatorship come in. OK, so it's not realistic to think that a Democratic Senate and Joe Biden is going to dramatically change that in a two or four year period. So the focus has to be we get things done that we can get done and we start to work on that culture. It's a big uphill battle, but could there were two races and Democrats won both of them. You couldn't hope for a better result. So Donald Trump has been freaking out on Twitter, melting down since last night highly triggered by the Senate results and Trump again raising this idea of huge dumps of votes. The guy can't behave normally for five minutes. And Donald Trump, even in advance of last night's results, which we actually knew relatively quickly, all things considered tweeting around 10 p.m. last night, looks like they are setting up a big voter dump against the Republican candidates waiting to see how many votes they need. And of course, this never happened. Donald Trump, whatever massive dumps he was involved in or believed were coming, it just never happened from the standpoint of the race. And in fact, Democrats were winning early. Trump scenario is always oh, Republicans are way ahead and then massive dumps come in and then Democrats win. Democrats were winning early and then the race is tightened as more votes were counted. And then it was just slow, 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 steady vote counts going one way and the other. And eventually it became clear that Democrats would win by a small margin in both races because outstanding votes were overwhelmingly from very, very blue areas, areas, areas that went um, uh, three to two, 
for the Democratic can uh, challengers, even even uh, three to one in some cases. So no massive dumps, no small dumps, just an election that was counted. And, and it was all pretty unremarkable uh, from the standpoint of, of election integrity and counting. And it really set Trump off. And he spent most of the night tweeting and retweeting stuff, uh, tweeting at midnight Eastern, then at 1 a.m. calling on Mike Pence to steal him the presidency, saying, quote, if Vice President Mike Pence comes through for us, we will win the presidency. Many states want to decertify the mistake they made in certifying incorrect and even fraudulent numbers in a process not approved by their state legislatures, which it must be. Those are all lies, by the way. And Trump adds Mike can send it back. That won't happen. Mike Pence reportedly explaining to Trump yesterday, I can't overturn the results. And we'll talk a little bit about that later based on a very good New York Times report. But finishing up with the Trump meltdown, then this morning again, Donald Trump just out of control, first attacking reporter Chuck Todd as sleepy eyes. Chuck Todd is so happy with the fake voter tabulation process that he can't even get the words out straight. Sad to watch. And Trump's anger knows no limits. He will attack anybody for anything at, at any time when he's melting down again, claiming, quote, states want to correct their votes, which they now know were based on irregularity, irregularities and fraud. Plus, corrupt process never received legislative approval. All Mike Pence has to do is send them back to the states and we win. Do it, Mike. This is a time for extreme courage. And behind the scenes, there are reports that Trump is reportedly going to absolutely turn on his own vice president, Mike Pence, if Pence doesn't do something today when the vote count starts, uh, which we will be covering live. And then apparently realizing that the Senate is lost, Donald Trump sending out an all caps tweet this morning saying the Republican Party and more importantly, our country needs the presidency more than ever before the power of the veto, suggesting Democrats will have the House, Democrats will have the Senate. You need me there to veto the things that they will do. Truly crumbling before our very eyes, the Republican Party collapsing around Donald Trump. And uh, we we essentially have to see what else he breaks on the way out. Whoa, my microphone there uh, flipping out there. Uh, we have to see what else he breaks on the way out. As I've said before, there's a reason that many companies will uh, escort folks out when their position has been terminated right away. And it's to prevent them from doing damage on the way out. And of course, Donald Trump having months during which he can do that damage. So uh, later today, we will talk about the conversation where Mike Pence had to explain to Trump. I, I, I can't just overturn the results. We will talk about what to expect over the next few days. Let me know your reaction to the Democratic wins in Georgia. I'm on Twitter at D Pacman. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com. Regardless of your workout, nutrition and diet goals, it is crucial to have the right amount of protein in your diet. And if you're supplementing with protein powders, you should be sure you have the powder that is right for you. And that's where our sponsor Gainful comes in. Gainful offers customized protein based on your body type, diet, fitness habits and goals. Their formulas are optimized for you with simple and effective ingredients, no fillers, gluten, soy 
or anything artificial. And Gainful also gives you free, unlimited one on one access to your own registered dietitian, which is a great bonus you won't find anywhere else. And my favorite part is that gainful protein is never repetitive or boring because they will rotate the flavors you choose, like rich chocolate, cookies and cream, chocolate, peanut butter, strawberry cream, cafe mocha. I took their quiz and they gave me protein tailored to my specific needs. Everything was quick and easy. I've been loving what they sent me. You'll get 15% off your first month when you go to gainful.com slash Pacman. That's G A I N F U L dot com slash P A K M A N. And the link is in the podcast notes. Start your day and your new year off right with Just Egg, which is one of our sponsors. You've heard me talk about the importance of having a diet that is more heavily plant based than it's something I've done over the last few years. I've always loved eggs, so it's great that there is a delicious plant based version of egg with all the protein of egg that just egg brings with it. But it's made from mung beans, so it uses 98 percent less water and causes 93 percent fewer carbon emissions than a conventional egg. And just egg cooks and tastes exactly like a conventional egg. I've tried it for omelets, scrambled eggs, French toast, banana bread, pad thai, anything you'd normally use eggs for. And I actually think if I cooked something for a friend without telling them about just egg, they wouldn't even know the difference. Find it in the egg aisle at your grocery store on Amazon Prime now or on Instacart. And they also have a frozen version perfect for breakfast sandwiches. Just egg. Try it out. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. Remember that the David Pakman Show is mostly funded by memberships, which you can grab at joinpacman.com and use the coupon code if you want better 21, all one word, all lowercase, better 21 to save massively off of a membership at joinpacman.com. So yesterday, a day before presiding over a joint session of Congress to uh, confirm the victory of Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. Uh, Joe by uh, Mike Pence, rather Vice, Vice President Mike Pence met with Donald Trump and reportedly told him, I can't overturn the election results. Donald Trump has been increasingly pointing to Mike Pence, saying we've got to count on Mike Pence. Mike Pence has to come through for us. And that's code for figure out a way to steal an election that we actually didn't win. And the New York Times is now reporting that Mike Pence, quote, tried to lower the president's expectations while seeking ways to mollify him. This is an article by Annie Carney and Maggie Haberman, where they say Vice President Mike Pence told Trump on Tuesday that he didn't believe he had the power to block congressional certification of Joe Biden's win in the presidential election, which is true. He doesn't, despite Trump's baseless insistence that he did. And this is according to multiple people uh, briefed on the content of the conversation. This took place during the weekly lunch that Mike Pence has with Donald Trump. And this was just hours after Trump started publicly pressuring uh, Mike Pence to essentially 
steal the election for him. I mean, we, we, we have to call things what they are. And these euphemisms about making sure all legal votes are counted. We have the election results in every state. Those results have been certified. The electors have then certified their votes. And today, and it may be happening as we speak, it may be done by the time you listen to today's show or watch this clip. The uh, joint session of the House and Senate is counting those votes. Um, Trump tweeted, the president has the power to reject fraudulently chosen electors. And uh, of course, n it is not true that there were fraudulently chosen electors. None of this is true. And most importantly, tr uh, Mike Pence cannot alter the results. Mike Pence can hear objections from senators and members of the House, which we expect to hear. There can be debate about that. We heard that uh, Tim Scott and James Inhofe, two uh, radical right senators, are uh, saying that they will not be participating in these attempts to undermine the results, but reportedly 11 or 12 Republican senators are going to. So there's a few different aspects to this. Number one, January 20th really couldn't get here any faster. We're down to exactly two weeks. Um, two weeks to the day, Joe Biden will be getting sworn in and Trump will be we don't know where. And I'll talk actually about that a little bit later. I would love to have been a fly on the wall during the conversation where Pence is explaining to Trump. I can't just alter the results. I can't just declare ourselves. I can't declare you and I the winners. I, I just can't do it. How was Trump reacting during that conversation? Was he furious? Was he resigned? Was he sad? Was he mopey Trump? And then even after this conversation took place where Mike Pence told Trump, I can't do the thing you want me to do. Trump insisted on Twitter that he can again. Trump tweeting. We looked at this tweet earlier. If Vice President Mike Pence comes through for us, we will win the presidency. Many states want to decertify the mistake they made in certifying incorrect and even fraudulent numbers. In a process not approved by their state legislatures, which it must be, Mike can send it back and he can't. So let's do kind of a gut check. Consider how insane it is that this is something that happened. The president is told by the vice president, I can't steal the election. And it's newsworthy. It is newsworthy because that is exactly what the president wants the vice president to do. Things are so nutty that it is actually noteworthy that a vice president had to sit the president down and talk to him like a big boy and say, I can't steal the election for you. Now, as a reminder, the line of reasoning that it takes to assume Mike Pence can do this is that Mike Pence, as the presiding officer of this joint session to count electoral votes, can say, I am going to ignore certain electoral votes as decided by the states. Oh, the Pennsylvania electoral votes. I'm going to ignore them. We're not going to count those. And there's this alternate slate of electors, which is just random people. It, it's not there's nothing legally binding. I'm going to accept as an alternate slate of electors these 20 Republicans who showed up and did something of no legally binding uh, uh, importance and said we vote for Trump. Pence doesn't have the power to do that. And uh, a number of interesting um, procedural and congressional law experts over the last few days have given interviews to that effect. I'm not bothering to play them because I think most of my audience understands that Trump's dying words really may be. We totally won Georgia. We totally won Pennsylvania in 2020. The, he may repeat that to his dying day. 
But Trump's leaving in two weeks. And uh, the concern, of course, is how are the Trump cultists going to react as a sort of preview for how Trump cultists may react in two weeks when Trump is finally gone. Yesterday, there was a pro Trump rally in advance of today's counting of the electoral votes in Washington, D.C., and it is really something to behold. This is compelling culturally, psychologically, politically, scientifically. It's really important for us to understand that this contingent, these factions exist and they are very radical Uh, to pretend that they don't exist doesn't do us any good. It achieves nothing to pretend they don't exist. So let's look at some clips and remember that the real point here is that it's a pro Trump rally to support Donald Trump stealing the election from Joe Biden. Now, ostensibly, this is a political rally saying Trump actually won. Let's figure out how to take it. Okay, that's crazy, but that's ostensibly what this is. But the way in which the Trump was rigged stuff overlaps with anti vaccine nonsense. It overlaps with anti-Semitism, of course. It overlaps with anti-science ideology. It's important to understand the sort of Venn diagram uh, because it confirms much of what conspiracy experts have told us. I've interviewed many conspiracy experts on the show and they almost uh, uh, unanimously say some conspiracy theories seem benign. Flat Earth, for example, you believe the Earth is flat. You can't really do anything with that. You're not going to be able to push people off the edge because there is no edge, etc. But the point is that certain people are just more prone to believe conspiracies. And so when we say flat earth is benign, okay, but those same people are predisposed to believe other stuff that is more dangerous and has more real world implications. So let's get right into it. Here is one speaker referring to the deceptively named biological agent known as a vaccine. That's a quote. Take a listen. Must not comply. If you don't want to take an experimental biological agent deceptively named a vaccine, you must not allow yourself to be coerced. If you are living in fear of a non-lethal virus, simply buy the same cheap, ordinary medicines used across the world. When you know something to be false, you must reject it, period. When you know something to be true, you must stand up for it and you must be willing to fight for it. I urge you to mark this day, this moment, as a united return of our nation to the eternal fight for freedom, a commitment to integrity, a resolve to seek the truth in all arenas and to always act upon it. Americans, God bless America. Okay, so that's pro-Trump steal the election insanity merged with anti-vax conspiracies. That's one example as to how these groups interact. All right. Here is pro Trump steal the election stuff merging with more general anti communist Hugo Chavez conspiracy theories, which we've heard before. Who knows that? Sequoia, Smartmatic. And that company was founded by Hugo Chavez in communist Venezuela. Step three, your vote, your votes were exported. And then, of course, much of this also combining with the anti science stuff that directly leads to covid deaths. And and it's all kind of wrapped up in this clip with religiosity, because I guess Jesus would say, don't wear a mask. You tell me. So what I'm asking you to do right now is to do the great reset in a good way. Okay, we're going to reframe it. Last night, about 150 of us went into Whole Foods and we dressed up like people that aren't idiots hiding from a virus that's not deadly. We did not wear a mask. 
Who here is up to the task of not wearing a mask? I ask you again, who here is up to the task of not wearing a mask? Jesus is king and it's time to let freedom ring, ladies and gentlemen. So that's, I guess, claiming that the word of God is not to wear masks during a pandemic. And that same guy also claimed that covid tests are fake. What that even means, I don't know, but let's take a listen. The PCR tests are fake. The covid-19 PCR tests are fake. And if you go to my podcast, you can hear interviews. You can hear the founder of the PCR test. Kerry Mullins explaining to you the PCR tests are supposed to be calibrated at 17. Someone should write this down. 17 to 20 cycles. Those are calibrated at 40 cycles. What does that mean? It means that it's like your speedometer is telling you you're driving 400 miles an hour when you're driving seven miles an hour. So the covid tests are fake. That's that's actually a new one. And then we get into the anti-Semitism. Now it's about George Soros, a Jewish man secretly controlling Supreme Court justices, just a typical anti-Semitic dog whistle. Now, our next speaker is one of the most fiery activists I've ever known. She's tireless. She's relentless. She will do research. She's the only person I know who does. She watches George Soros speeches for fun. But you know what happened when she looked one of those up? She found that he was talking about Chief Justice John Roberts like George Soros owned him. Lynn Wood retweeted it for her. She gets this information because she never stops fighting. George Soros is controlling John Roberts. George Soros is the real puppet master of the chief justice of the Supreme Court. That's the idea. And as I've said before, you have to know what you're listening for. That's the thing about dog whistles. It's much like when you blow a dog whistle, the dog has ears tuned to hear it. So they hear the whistle. It's the same thing with these anti-Semitic tropes and dog whistles. You have to understand the context and what what they're referring to. And then lastly, Alex Jones doesn't need much of an introduction, not looking good, not sounding good, but saying very, very wild things. We don't quietly take the election fraud. We don't quietly take the scam and believe their BS. We've seen the evidence. The system has had to desperately engage in this gambit to maintain control. But this will be their Waterloo. This will be their destruction. Whatever happens to President Trump in 15 days, he is still the elected president of this republic. And we do not recognize the communist Chinese agent Joe Biden or his controllers. Yeah, so that's uh, again, it's either a character that he's playing or a very, very sick guy. So my question, I, I sort of have a short term and a medium term question on these folks. Short term is what do they do tomorrow when the vote will have been certified? Uh, the electoral vote will have been counted in the House and Senate for Joe Biden. What do they do on January 20th when Trump leaves? Do they get violent? What happens? That's the, the short term question. 
The more medium term question is, do these people even stay engaged with the political world? Many of them were never engaged before Trump. They were sort of, they, they sort of joined politics um, directly into the Trump cult. And I don't know the answer as to whether they just get out of politics or they stay. And much of it might depend on what Trump does for the next two or four years. Does Trump remain engaged in politics or does he disappear to wherever will allow him and just kind of play golf and sit around questions we don't yet have answers to? And we'll continue covering this uh, and these events on our Instagram, where you can find us at David Pakman Show. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. One of our sponsors today is Lucy, and they are giving my audience 20% off. Lucy is a company founded by Caltech scientists with only one mission, which is to help people quit smoking and vaping by offering a clean, affordable nicotine alternative. Now, many of you know, you've heard the stories. I've known several people in my life who have struggled with quitting smoking. I've seen how difficult it can be. And nicotine alternatives can be hugely helpful. Lucy offers a nicotine gum in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon and pomegranate. They also have lozenges which come in cherry ice flavor. Lucy is affordable. It'll ship right to your door. You don't have to go out to the store. Shipping is always free. You can buy single boxes or save with a subscription. It's the year 2020. It's time to throw the cigarettes away and get rid of the vape. And Lucy can make it easier. You'll find a ton of excellent reviews online from countless people who have used Lucy to quit smoking and vaping. Go check them out at Lucy.co. That's L U C Y dot co. The URL is in the podcast notes, and you will get 20% off when you use the coupon code Pacman. Quick disclaimer I'm required to give these products contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I want to take a second to tell you about one of our sponsors, SNH Masks. SNH Masks has everything you need when it comes to face masks and other protective gear for COVID-19, and they're giving my audience 20% off. SNH Masks is the company that I've personally been going to for face masks. I love and trust the products they sell, and that's actually why I reached out to them about being a sponsor. I've tried tons of different face masks this year, like many of you, and I still have not found a mask that is more comfortable or easier to breathe in than the washable cotton masks that they sell. It's made of a silky lightweight cloth that feels great on the skin, has a convenient adjustable strap. They also have disposable cloth masks, which are really comfortable, as well as all of the other gear like face shields, alcohol wipes, no touch infrared thermometers. And all of their prices are very reasonable. I also love SNH masks because they've donated over 60,000 masks to healthcare institutions. They're an excellent company. Shipping is just five bucks and shipping is free on orders over $150. You can get there by going to davidpackman.com slash mask. The link is in the podcast notes and you can save 20% on everything in their store when you use coupon code David. Welcome back to the David Pakman show. This is funny to see um, one of Trump's kids, Eric Trump, went on the Fox News program hosted by Sean Hannity last night. And I have clips of both Eric Trump and his wife, 
uh, Lara Trump, actually, the, the power couple of sorts, just really struggling to cope with the defeat, uh, really defeat after defeat that the Republican Party is suffering. Trump losing uh, these interviews happening as Republican incumbents in Georgia in the Senate were also losing. And um, as the interview went on, you see that they are now starting to become vindictive in a sense. And in this first clip, Eric Trump says, seemingly acknowledging that they've lost everything, that the MAGA movement is going nowhere. But more importantly, Eric Trump threatens any Republican who today, January 6th, when the House and Senate convene to count the electoral votes, it may already be happening by the time you listen today. Eric Trump Trump warns we are going to have a list. Any Republican that doesn't help today to steal the election, you are getting primaried. Of course, this assumes that Trump will have any kind of power after he leaves office. We still don't know that. Uh, but here is Eric Trump. Tomorrow's going to tell you a lot about the country because I, I, I can tell you, Sean, any senator or any congressman that does not, meaning on this side, that does not fight tomorrow, I'm telling you will not, their political career is, is, is over because um, the MAGA movement is going it's going nowhere. My father's created the greatest political movement in American history, and I'm telling you, they will get primary the next time around, and they will lose um, if they don't stand up and show some backbone and show some conviction. So there it is. Eric Trump threatening the political careers of any Republican who doesn't get in line, shut their mouth or I guess open their mouth to support the Trump coup that is destined to fail. Imagine saying, by the way, uh, th this is really delusional after losing the House in 2018. So Trump gets elected in 2016. Republicans lose the House in 2018, don't get it back in 2020. They lose the Senate in 2020 and Trump becomes a one term president, which is, of course, not unheard of, but it's relatively rare. I mean, it's tough to remove an incumbent president. And Eric Trump has the audacity to say Trumpism is the greatest political movement in history. This is the type of delusion where we narcissists don't realize when they have no leverage. That's a really important characteristic of very serious narcissism. And of course, Eric Trump was, I mean, I guess raised by it's not really clear who raised these Trump kids. Trump, it's not clear Trump likes his kids that much, but at least in some vague sense, they were raised by Donald Trump, at least the idea of Donald Trump as their father. And Trump, much like his kids, they don't know when they don't have leverage. Very often they do have leverage. They are powerful people and they've been powerful really most of their lives. Um, and and there, there's no denying that. But even when they no longer have the leverage, they still think they do. And Eric Trump saying this is the greatest political movement. You've lost everything. Why are you assuming that you're going to continue having leverage or influence over the party? They might, but they might not. And then Eric Trump still claiming that there's just no way Joe Biden got all those votes. No one believes that this guy got 80 million votes. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. Again, with the feelings, I thought facts didn't care about your feelings. I, I've heard that from the right for a decade at this point, but he just doesn't feel like Donald Trump really lost. So what do we do with that? I guess as far as they're concerned, you steal the election. And then the softball interviews with Trump family members continued last night on Fox. Eric Trump's wife, Lara Trump, uh, also appearing. And hilariously, she is still being identified as Trump campaign senior advisor, which, of course, 
should make us ask, what campaign are you talking about? That campaign ended two months ago, senior advisor to the campaign. Uh, and she says, I truly believe Trump will probably consider <laughs> running in 2024. What a strong statement, right? But talking about 2024 does implicitly concede that Donald Trump lost this time. So that's something. But she's still kind of careful not to say it. Take a listen. Look, if he does not uh, remain president for the next four years, I truly believe that he will probably uh, consider running again in 2024. I believe he would win in 2024 by a larger margin of victory than he even did. Uh, than, I guess than the more votes than he had in this election. But so that that's just really amazing. I mean, first of all, what conviction, right, Lara? I really do believe that if he doesn't get another four years now, he will probably consider running in 2024. To me, that means he's not running running in 2024. Uh, that that that's what I'm hearing from the language that Lara Trump is using. But the uh, 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 coping uh, mechanisms are very different for different folks in the Republican Party. There are those who are just abandoning altogether and pretending none of this horrible thing ever happened. There are those who are still insisting any second now Trump's going to be sworn in. In fact, I posted to my Twitter. You can see it. Uh, this morning I posted a message I got today there. I posted this message I got today and people thought it was months old today. Someone said to me, David, don't you realize Trump's getting a second term right now? Biden's not. Um, so some people continuing to be in denial. And I know that there's just one cautionary uh, uh, mention here. I know there are people in my audience waiting for the big payoff where on January 22nd, all of these people admit they were wrong. You're not going to get that. You're not going to get that satisfaction because on January 20th, 21st, 22nd, they will come up with some new thing and say it was stolen in this way and that way. And none of it is legitimate. So if you're waiting for that satisfaction, you're going to be waiting a very long time. Uh, this is absolutely fascinating. In the last 24 hours, we learned about a possible plan for Donald Trump to flee the country to Scotland, either on the day of or the day before Joe Biden's inauguration. And just as quickly, we learned that Donald Trump isn't going to be allowed to do that by Scottish authorities. Now, some of you may know that Donald Trump has a much beleaguered golf club in Scotland called Turnberry. And speculation has been growing over the last day, day and a half that Donald Trump was planning to leave the United States and head there after Joe Biden's inauguration because of a high amount of surveillance planes in the area believed to be sort of laying the groundwork for Trump to be there for some period of time. Uh, we also are aware of the scheduling of a flight arrival there on January 19th of a U.S. military Boeing 757, a, tr a, a plane that Donald Trump sometimes flies on. And as quickly as that plan came together, the Scottish first minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has blocked the plan, making it clear that Trump coming here to play golf during a pandemic, that's not essential travel and it's not going to be allowed. Here she is saying it's a no go. I've no idea what Donald Trump's travel plans are. Um, uh, you'll be glad to know. Um, I hope and expect uh, that as everybody hopes and ex well, as everybody expects, not everybody necessarily will hope that the travel plan immediately that he has is to, to exit the White House. Um, but beyond that, I don't, uh, I don't know. But it's not, uh, you know, we are not uh, allowing people to come into Scotland for 
without an essential purpose right now. And that would apply to him just as it applies to anybody uh, else. And uh, coming to play golf is not what I would consider to be an essential purpose. Isn't that just amazing? And as usual, the White House initially put out a non-denial. You you have to read between the lines with all of this stuff. The White House was initially asked, is Trump planning to leave the country to go to Scotland on the 19th or 20th? And uh, Judd Deere, the deputy White House press secretary, said anonymous sources who claim to know what the president is considering have no idea. When we have an announcement about January 20th, we will let you know. So as you can see, nothing in there that's a denial. And once it became clear that Trump wouldn't even be allowed in Scotland, the White House put out another carefully worded statement saying the president has no plans to travel to Scotland on that date. And again, that may technically be true. The plan that may have existed would likely now no longer exist because Trump's been told you can't come in. Uh, but in all seriousness, can you imagine a funnier headline than former President Trump denied entry to Scotland? And hilariously, if the plan was to go there on January 19th, he'd still be the president. President Trump denied entry to Scotland is, is even funnier. And uh, the truth is, when the U.S. sends former presidents to Scotland, they're not sending their best. They're sending a grifter con man. And uh, Scotland seems to think they need to shut it down until they can figure out what the hell is going on. Trump actually might have to be in the United States during Joe Biden's inauguration, despite his best efforts. And uh, we know that would be really triggering to Donald Trump. Someone wrote to me saying, David, he's not really planning to go to Scotland. Trump is pretending to be planning to go to Scotland, but he's really going to go to a country without an extradition treaty to the United States. The U.S. and Scotland do have an extradition treaty. For example, Russia and the U.S. do not. China and the U.S. do not. But I think the idea falls short because Trump wouldn't be using a military plane to go somewhere to avoid extradition to the United States. I know people love talking about Trump fleeing to Russia or wherever, wherever else. I don't actually think Trump's going to do that. I, I also believe that Putin is enough of a troll that he probably would also say no to Trump. I don't know. Uh, I know that the, the optics of a former U.S. president fleeing to Russia would be really good propagandistically for Russia. But I also know that Putin is a pretty clever guy. And he may even find it funnier to say no to Donald Trump. But at the bottom line, this is all mere speculation. It's really a story about once again, Donald Trump's narcissism. Scotland is closed to travel due to the pandemic. And Trump may well have the idea that he can just fly in and play golf. Uh, two more weeks, my friends. We are almost there. What will Trump do? I don't know. We will know in the next two weeks. Much will be revealed very, very soon. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. A lot of the shirts you see me wearing on YouTube are actually made by a company called Teddy Stratford. I love these shirts, and that's why I asked them to be a sponsor of the show. It really is the most innovative shirt you can buy because most slim fit button up shirts give you this weird stretched out gap in the chest where the buttons are. You don't get that with the Teddy Stratford shirts because all of their shirts come with a patented zipper hidden beneath the buttons, which prevents the chest from stretching apart like that. But most importantly, just overall, it makes the shirt fit much better and look better. 
The carefully designed shirt is also cut in a way that improves the look of your upper body physique. It has a really nice, elegant, close fit that other shirts don't really give you. It also has a specially designed collar that won't fall down and lay flat, which I love. The difference all around with these shirts really is noticeable. Go check them out at davidpackman.com slash Teddy. The link is in the podcast notes and they'll give you 15% off your first order. If you use the coupon code Pacman at checkout, that's P-A-K-M-A-N. The David Pacman Show at davidpackman.com. This is a beautiful clip. I think you're going to like this one, and this is really informative. This will open up a conversation that I think is a really um, important one to be having. Fox News host Lou Dobbs, Fox Business, okay, Fox News, we can still say. Fox Business host Lou Dobbs was visibly confused about why they just can't seem to find any evidence of all the voter fraud that he is damn sure took place. So let's look at the clip first and then we'll discuss. And we still don't have verifiable, tangible, support for uh, the uh, for the the crimes that everyone knows were committed. That is defrauding uh, other uh, citizens who voted uh, with fraudulent votes. We know that's the case in Nevada. We know it's the case in Pennsylvania and a number of other states. But we have had a devil of a time uh, finding actual proof of why. This this is just perfect. So Lou Dobbs has been one of the biggest promulgators and platformers of completely deranged, harebrained fraud conspiracy theories on Fox News and Fox Business. He's platformed that wacky lawyer, Sidney Powell. He's platformed um, so-called witnesses to voter fraud who couldn't actually come up with any real claims of anybody doing anything wrong. And now after all of that, Lou just isn't sure why they can't find any actual proof of it. It's always just out of reach, the proof that they need. Now, a more sensible approach would be, well, damn, if there are a hundred different claims about a hundred different types of fraud and I can find no evidence for any of them, maybe the fraud doesn't exist. But the absence of evidence becomes part of the conspiracy theory. And we've talked about that before more generally. And this is actually one of the important signals that you're dealing with conspiracy theorists for whom facts and evidence don't actually matter. Healthy skepticism about the world is good. Bottomless skepticism is not so good. And with conspiracy theorists, once they've decided what went down, if they can't find evidence, the fact that they can't find evidence becomes part of the reason they are skeptical. It cannot be proven wrong. It is indefeasible. If evidence and lack of evidence prove the conspiracy, you're not talking to someone who reasoned their way into their belief and you're not going to be able to reason them out of it. Conspiratorial thinking as opposed to healthy skepticism. Conspiratorial thinking is immune to contradictory evidence or lack of evidence altogether. The cover up is so perfect. They covered up all the evidence and we can't find it. That's part of the conspiracy. Uh, Peter Bogosian refers to this in his book as doxastic closure. It's a belief or system of beliefs that resists revision at a systemic structural level. This is often the problem with religious beliefs based on so-called sacred texts. Hey, this is true because the sacred text says so and the sacred text is sacred. 
Well, what proof do you have that the sacred text is really the word of God? Well, you read the sacred text and it says this is a sacred text and it's the word of God. Okay, well, right. But is there something from outside the sacred text that tells us this really is a sacred text? Uh, well, no, I mean, that, but that's part of the problem. Of course not. Of course, of course, we have to go to the sacred text to see if it tells us that it is a sacred text. That is a that's a closed circle. You can never pierce that. And it's a very important lesson for something to be on the lookout for. And it's also funny because Lou Dobbs is so close. He's so close. You know, I've been repeating this stuff for months and we just can't find any actual evidence. Why not? Maybe I'm wrong, but he doesn't get there. Instead, it's explain to me how they've kept the evidence hidden from us for so long. And I don't know, maybe someone in uh, maybe someone in his audience heard that and said, oh, maybe there's no evidence because there's really no evidence because it's not true. I don't know. But it's funny to see the gears sort of the gears start grinding, but they got jammed up as Lou Dobbs was thinking it through. Republican Senator Mitt Romney was confronted yesterday in an airport. It looks like uh, DCA in Washington, D.C. from the video that we are going to play. You all know I didn't vote for Mitt Romney in 2012. I voted for Barack Obama. You all know Mitt Romney is a conservative Republican completely not in line with my politics. But Mitt Romney in this particular confrontation with a complete and utter loon sounds eminently reasonable and completely respectful and polite, even when he really has no reason to be uh, given how he's being treated. In this video, you are going to see the end result of the heat Romney has been taking from the right from the pro Trump right, because while Mitt Romney is a right wing religious Republican, he has refused to indulge Donald Trump in some of his authoritarian insanity. Mitt Romney didn't vote for Trump in the presidential election. Mitt Romney on one of two impeachment counts actually did vote to convict Mitt Romney in the Senate. And in this video, Mitt Romney is accosted in the airport and he's way more polite than many people would have been to this woman. When Mitt Romney is the calming voice of reason in a conversation, you know things are crazy and that they are with this MAGA cult that is here and is likely going to be with us for some period of time. So let's look at the video. We joined the video with Mitt Romney sitting by himself at the airport with his mask on as required, approached by a maskless person. We might call her a maskless Holy Karen if we wanted some kind of name. Let's join the video. How you doing? Put your mask on. Don't tell me what to do. Please put your mask on. It's, it's required by law in the circle. I'm standing six feet away. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll tell you what, because you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it because I want to have a chat with you. So first of all, I don't need a mask because I'm six feet away. You're you're in the airport. The airports require masks, lady. Uh, And that's just a microcosm of how they make up the rules as they as they go along, as they want them to be. Let's continue. Why aren't you supporting President Trump? I do support uh, things President Trump does. I think I agree with. You're not supporting him. Sorry, I do agree with many of the things he's uh, for, and I support those things. Are you going to support him in the uh, the I fraudulent votes? No, Why not? Uh, because uh, it's a long story, and I get a chance to give my remarks in, in time. It's going to be a real long. I'm story. sorry. Can you say that again? Uh, it's a long uh, story, but the 
We have a constitution. The constitutional process is clear. I'll follow the constitution and I'll explain all that when we meet in Congress. So Mitt Romney is asked, why won't he support Trump trying to steal the election? And Romney says, because we have a constitution and you would think that these constitutional fetishists, if they were actually committed to constitutionality, would respect that in Mitt Romney. But no, it actually makes her more angry. And this is one of my favorite moments. Well, you haven't supported him and you didn't even support him in the election. No, I did not. Why? Um, for reasons I explained at the time. You were voted in as a conservative to represent the conservative constituents, period. Actually, that's not how the Constitution works. Now, that's fascinating for a few reasons. She says you were voted in as a conservative Republican to represent conservatives. And there, there's two things there. First, as Mitt points out, he's elected to represent his entire constituency and to defend the Constitution. Stealing an election that Trump lost is not constitutional. But there's also this idea that even a conservative Republican like Mitt Romney isn't really conservative unless he's trying to steal the election for Trump, when in reality, there's nothing conservative about trying to execute an unconstitutional coup when Trump lost the election. Let's watch more. It is. You're voted in to represent us. You work for us. Am I wrong? I work for the people of Utah. Exactly. And I am from Utah. Yes, well, but you're not the only one. I voted. I know. There's a lot of people that didn't oh, vote for you. Vote, uh, we'll make sure of that one. Of course it'll be prior. That's, that's totally perfect. Thank you admit it. You know it. You know it's well, coming. Well, they didn't want you in there anyway. So to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if it, if you weren't even if you weren't even voted in legally. So there Mitt Romney starts walking. Uh, but again, two more things to note. First, the woman and a guy also there say you're going to get primary like a threat. And Mitt Romney says, of course, that's fine. That's the, that's the process. They're threatening him with something that he supports being part of the system. And, and it's not praise of Mitt Romney's political views, but he at least has not become so divorced from just the, the fundamentals of how politics works. He's a, that's not really a, I, I deserve to be primary. That, that's the system being primary. That's what we do. And then the woman throws in, you weren't even voted in legally. And that's really scary. That's scary because it's now completely acceptable in the MAGA cult to offhandedly say about any elected official that you don't like or who doesn't support what you want to do in this case, try to steal the election. It's now acceptable to say you weren't even voted in legally. I've never heard any question about the legality uh, or or um, integrity of the election in which Mitt Romney won. And that's the long term danger that I spoke about with Sam Cedar last night as we were watching the Georgia Senate results come in. The normalization and the degradation of our politics, where with Trump saying it was rigged and I won, many of his followers fell for it. And then now they apply it to any election of any politician that they don't like. You weren't even elected legally. Uh, and then lastly, once he got on the plane, things weren't much better for Mitt Romney. Trump people starting to chant traitor.
So anyway, it must have been a beautiful fight for a flight there for uh, for for Mitt Romney. So Democrats held the House in 2020. They won the Senate and won the White House. But this is going to be a very, very long two years. The cultists are going to be with us. The question is, how engaged will they be, as I mentioned earlier? And uh, we, we will be with you and following it. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here's a little something for you just about delusion. Uh, we have this regular right wing caller, Troy York. He always calls in under fake names, and I think he gives one in this voicemail. This is a voicemail from this morning. Um, we know that Democrats have taken the Senate. Democrats won in Georgia. And Troy still says that Republicans are going to sweep Georgia. I, I don't even know what he's. T- it's over. The, the races are over. Yes, uh, David, David Packman. Um, this yeah. is Woody Underwood again, um, calling back. And I just want to say before I was cut off, I think Georgia, the Republicans are going to sweep Georgia. It's over. Uh, I think it's going to be a close election because they have not been rigged as of yet. And um, pretty much uh, that's it. Uh, I think you have to be more factual with your reporting on the Georgia candidates. It, it's over. And this is so weird because that you might think, oh, that he, he left that voicemail the day before the election. No, it's been called. The, the races have been called. And he left that voicemail around uh, 930 in the morning on uh, today, Wednesday, after the election, after the races have been called. So I don't know, maybe it's someone who's not really paying attention or who thinks the election's tonight or I'm not really sure. But um, these are these are folks who are going to continue being around. So that's a real challenge on the bonus show today. No charges will be filed against the officer who shot Jacob Blake. Uh, we will be discussing that evictions as per a new study evictions in the era of coronavirus in the US have led to more than 10,000 additional covid deaths and 430,000 additional covid cases incredible and then lastly on the bonus show the Pennsylvania Republican Party refused to swear in a reelected democratic senator They have been emboldened in their authoritarian anti-democratic instincts by what we have seen Donald Trump do since November 4th. Uh, Was it now? I don't even remember. Was the election on the third or fourth? I think it was the fourth Um, in claiming victory where there is no victory in claiming that he could just take the election if he wants. Of course, he can't and didn't. But that has become a mind virus that has spread dangerously through much of the Republican Party. So we will talk about that on today's bonus show. How do you get the bonus show? It's so easy. You go to joinpacman.com and you sign up. It takes under a minute. If you want a discount off of a membership, I believe the regular prices are very reasonable. But if you want a discount, I'm glad to offer it. You can use the coupon code better 21 all one word, no space better 21 because we're hoping for a better 2021 than was 2020 globally. Uh, Sign up, get the bonus show. I'll speak to you then.